So we're talking the Kazari, we talked about the principles of Imuna that, uh, in short, are encapsulates uh, what principles have to be uh, understood as part of our, uh, our, uh, our Hashkafa of Ta Yisrael. So the first thing we spoke about is that the world didn't always exist, the world isn't a Kadman. The second thing he brings as a continuation of the Spirit Shani is Aram Chadash. Something Olam Chadash means that the world is something which uh, is new, which wasn't right. And uh, what's the difference between what this and what he said before? Before he said the world couldn't have always been, and I say point beyond that, that the world is new. Um, so what's the difference in the two points? So we'll see how he explains it. And then he says because it's a good, something physical. Something which is physical, it's in one of two states, either instead of moving or instead of being of of minucha, of inaction. Uh, each one is something which is mishadish, which means something changes uh, from one state to the other state, and uh, that's the case. So there isn't a, a definition of something which has to always be. In other words, how how the world is is a second description as a, besides for what it is. And let's see the now what he means by that. And therefore something which changes in the world is something new which happens to it. And which means if something can be affected by change, then it's something which by itself is, is something which is something subject something which is subject to change. And say now I read it inside, let's say it in our words to simplify the idea. The concept is like this. There's two stages. The first one is something which is affected by change or something which is not affected by change. So something which is not affected by change, we assume it was always the same. Things that Nothing causes it to change. So the way it is now is the way it always was. So if we have to give an example just in the physical world, for example, let's say we see a mountain range. Now things don't change a mountain range so quickly. So we assume the way we see the mountains today, this is the way they were since the breast item. It doesn't change so much. But if something which we see is, is affected a lot, is easily changed, so then we don't have a, we can't say that this is the way it always was. We see it's always changing. So, for example, again another example, something which doesn't change the ocean. It's always been there. It's uh, it's been there since my Bracious. But if you're talking about a river, where the river sometimes it flows because there's water, and sometimes it doesn't because there isn't, and sometimes it's wide and sometimes it's narrow. So something which is subject to change. So we can look at the river. There's no guarantee that this is the way the river's always been. In other words, we can't we, because we see something which keeps changing. So we made it, we have to say that we can see the situation say now, but uh, we understand that it's not a guarantee to what it was. It's something which change has an effect on. And for sure people, for sure it's like that. As people naturally change as they get older and as they develop. So once again, you see a person at a certain stage in his life, you say, wow, I'm sure he's always like that. We know for sure he wasn't always like that, but it's something which is subject to change. And like he says, Kim Hoya Kadmunda Something which um, can't, which always was won't change. Something which doesn't change, we can assume that since by nature it doesn't change, the way, we see, the way we see it now is the way it always was. But something which we see does change the whole time. So then we made it. We have to say that uh, we, there's no fixed there's no fixed definition of how it has to be, because there's something which, which it'll be the same thing in a different form. So something which is absolute, fixed, so to speak, so now we can define it. This is what it is, this is what it always was, 
there are certain rules about it, let's say, which define it, and those, those won't change. Whereas if we talk about something which does keep changing, so then we say that the thing here is something which isn't defined by those same hard and fast rules, because you see that the same thing can be very different. It can be it's subject to other factors, and that will cause it to change. And now, based on that, he says, the Bria, the world, is something which keeps changing. In other words, it's not something which is fixed, and once it's something which keeps changing, so then it's something which is Chodosh. Which means that we don't have, the, even though there are some things, let's say, within the Bria, which may be fixed, which they, they don't change, but most things in the Bria do change, so we don't have that fixed uh, concept of exactly the, the way it is, is what it always was, and the world as a whole. He says, being as the world itself is always changing, whether it's uh, the position of the planets, whether it's the weather, whether it's climate, whatever it is, things are always changing. So now matter, there isn't a certain definition for how the world has to be. Why? Why? But exactly. No, we're not saying this is a proof that it wasn't always exist. That was the first point. That's just a difference. Cadmus means was the world always there or was the world created? And he spoke about it in the previous thing. Now we're saying something else. Was the world always in the same way or does the world change? Okay. And that we're saying we see the world changes. We see, see things change in the world. And if that's the case, so we can't say, well, and it was always a certain way, now it changed. So much is subject to change, can be subject to endless changes. Right. And we that everything is Chodesh. It's something which is new, because with the way we see it now, isn't necessarily the way it was. That's so, what it means, Olam Chodesh means right. it's always changing. It's always changing. And therefore the way it says we presents itself is something which is new. Right. Right, okay. So that's the, that's the, the second point he wants to say. Now, that's the, that if we're going to put this into different words, it's the concept which the Ramam calls Rakadosh Baruch Hu as a Bayre and a Manik. A Bayre means a creator, a Manik is a leader. Which means Hashem, with Nehmona, we see him fulfilling two roles. The first one is creation. The world didn't always exist and had to be created. But the second point is, even after it was created, it doesn't maintain a fixed position. And now, now that it's been created, it remains rigid. It remains exactly the same. Okay, because created with certain rules that allow it to, to march throughout the yeah, awesome world. Let's first explain why this is a point of the and answer your question too. And that is, if we're going to say the world is created as a fixed model, something which doesn't change, so then technically this would be the, 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 the basis of the mistake which the early philosophers made, that Azav Hashem is Hashem created the world and then abandoned the world. Right. And the world can carry without him because it's not changing. So the second point which the Chazari lays down to us is we notice the world is changing. Right. The world does change, and the world is changing. And if that's okay, so we can accept that, uh, this, just like Hashem created the world, He has to be controlling the world, because you see that there's, there's a control, there's a change. Now, the, the counter-argument to that would be, and that is, maybe it, uh, you can create something as a fixed thing which doesn't move at all, it stays exactly the way it was. You can also create something as with a system. But it's a self-operating system. Yeah. And so we will see change, and there will be differences, but that's all programmed into the system in the And therefore, it could be just like you can program machinery, and uh, the time switches will switch things on and off, thank you, at various stages, without any without any human intervention. So maybe the world's working in a similar system of autopilot. And if that would be the case, so then uh, we could uh, a person could still make the erroneous assumption that HaKadosh Baruch set the system up, Thank you, and left it. And since then, it's been taken care of itself. What's the proof it's not like that? Okay, so this is something which... Batsim, obviously, is something which uh, was the point of Imunah too. There were those who believed that Kilo Hashem would set up the world 
in a way where it's self-sufficient and they leave it to, to its own devices. And uh, what's that proof that's not true? Well, before you delve into this, um... no, so what's the way to explain this? So there's there's three ways to go about explaining it. The first one is uh, not a complete proof, but it's a good starting point for the discussion, and that is it's not logical. It's not logical that it's just like a person who wouldn't build a factory which can produce something and then leave it and not do anything with it. If if I if I wanted uh, and I invested in a, however much it was in building something, I had I had a reason for what I was doing. So just to create something, it's like now that I created it, I'll just leave it alone. What would be the purpose of that? So to say that I should create a whole world and then abandon the world, so what he created for? So if you're just going to go with the question of the theory. It doesn't really explain why we should do such a thing. It's not a, it's not a logical thing to do. Now I'm saying that's not absolute proof, but it's a good starting point to the logic, and that is that taking the position that the world was created and abandoned is not a logical position to take. There would be no reason for the creator to do that. Now, it could be a person would do something like that, even though it wouldn't be by choice, because it's not a logical thing for a person to do either. But uh, you could say there's certain circumstances. The person was forced to abandon the project. But by a shell, it obviously won't be a factor, because by a Kodesh there's no reason why, nothing could compel him to do something. So if Hashem did create a world and wanted a world, why would he abandon the world? That's just a starting point in, in like, the logic. Now, what's the proof that that isn't the case? So the proof is based on a very simple uh, assumption, and that is, if a person is going to create a system which works on autopilot, so then it's a system which is going to work the same way the whole time. In other words, it's, it's, cre- it's, de- it's designed to work in the most optimal fashion, and that's what will keep working. And, uh, whereas, if, in other words, if, I, if I'm going to create another conveyor belt, so I'm going to organize that everything works smoothly, the product being needed, which is being created uh, seamlessly passes from stage to stage to stage, and then it does, the whole system does its job in a way which is, works, works, it works perfectly, and predictably, predictably, everything works with the system, the system is predictable, the system is completely, always being repeated, and Zimele, then I can say that this is a self, so to speak, a self-operating system. Now, there's some things in the world which do work like that. There's some things in the world which are completely predictable, and one can foresee exactly what's going to happen, and every time you do it, it'll happen exactly the same way. Uh, for example, every time you boil water, it's going to bubble and then turn to steam, it's a Matthias in the world. Every time that the seed germinates, it's going to grow a shoot and then a, and then a root and then a shoot and then leaves and then a, uh, grow into a tree. That's something which is predictable, measurable, and it's always going to happen exactly the same way. So there's a, so if I wanted to say, was there re- reason to think that there's an operating system in the world which runs with perfect precision, predictability, and, and it will always repeat itself the same way, so most things in the Bria do work like that. Most things in the Bria work with, in, a, in a very foreseeable, predictable, and understandable pattern. But for in order to, in order to say that there was an independent running system, so to speak, which operates in autopilot by itself, so then everything will have to work like that. And there are four fundamental factors. Let's actually talk about three. Three fundamental things which are absolutely essential to the running of the world. And the factors where there's absolutely no predictability. Not just because not just because science hasn't yet worked out the pattern, 
Whereas something which it's been proven there cannot be a vat. And uh, that would need explanation. While with three things we're going to talk about, which are absolutely essential to the Bria, um, be things which don't work with like everything else in the Bria and don't have any predictable uh, or reliable pattern. The first one is conception. In other words, as opposed to other things which it's predictable, guaranteed, and one can foresee exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, it's something which very often there's no reason for and can't be predicted and uh, can't always be understood why it does or doesn't work. It's something which doesn't have that same absolute reliability that other systems in the Bria do. The second one is what causes a person to die? In other words, you can have two people, the same health, the same, all the physical features are, are similar. And what's going to cause one person to develop an illness, another one not? What's going to get one person to, to have a various medical problems, another one not? Why does this person, his body starts like shutting down at the age of 60, another person goes to 100? We don't have uh, any way of predicting uh, the, length, the length of a person's life. And, uh, and what's going to happen, why it's going to happen, there's, there's no way of telling that. And it's not just a question of we don't know enough. It's, there, there isn't a factor which can tell that to us. There's certain times a person has a certain uh, weakness in a certain area or, or a certain condition which can develop, but even then, it's a guarantee where we can predict exactly how it's going to develop, when it's going to develop, what the result's going to be. It's an absolute unknown. And the third one, and that's in the global scale, is the weather. The weather is something which, uh, as much as people have tried to see patterns in weather and predict the weather, it's been proven that it's something which will never be able to be predicted. There are too many factors which could change it, and there's too many unforese- like, uh, f- uh, unforeseen elements which are going to stop it ever being a pattern. So even though we can tell exactly the time of sunrise and sunset of every day for the next 100 years, and uh, we can sun, tell that's very, very predictable, but to tell you what the weather's going to be and how hot and cold it's going to be and if it's going to rain or not, is completely unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Completely unpredictable. There's no, absolutely nothing to work with. And because of that, we have to ask the question, if the world is meant to be a predictable system, so then these three things, lifespan, childbirth, weather, are absolutely essential for the world. And uh, if it was going to be a system which is meant to run with perfect symmetry and were meant to be self-perpetuating, then really the rainfall should be as accurate as the sunrise. Exactly the right amount in exactly the right places. There won't be flooding, there won't be drought. It will provide the rain. And here it's completely not like that. And what's the reason for that? If everything else in the Bria, even things which are as huge as the whole solar system, work with complete symmetry, so then why wasn't the system built that these things work with the same symmetry? If every time you plant a seed that grows, why shouldn't the conception be as predictable? And the answer is, and the answer is because these are the areas which we're meant to understand that there isn't a running system operating by itself in the world. Otherwise, these things, like everything else, would be part of that uh, that, that program which we could keep re- which keep repeating itself. And then here are the areas which Hashem shows us that He is, so to speak, maintaining control over. And because of that, it's completely unpredictable. It's completely unpredictable and it's only up to Hashem. And that's the death of what the Gemara says in Tainus. And the Gemara says the three keys which are in Hashem's hands. The key of childbirth, the key of life, and the key of and the key of uh, the rainfall, or the key of the weather. Um, there's also the key of Tchis but that's the, obviously that's something completely out of the realm of this world. Now, what's the, what's the point of that? What does it mean, a key which is in Hashem's hands? Exactly this idea. And that is, that's, that's where we see that this world isn't running on autopilot. 
That's where we see that the things which don't happen by themselves, and we still have to be, have that, that fact that Hashem is the manik. And dafka those things which are, are such critical importance, life, or children, or the, the rain, which are all things which are essential for the world, those are the keys Hashem keeps to show that He didn't create a system which is completely self, uh, self-sufficient or running independently. He's still involved, and that's why these things are just based on what Hashem decides and will never be part of a, a repeatable, regular, recognizable pattern. So, to sum up, two points. Is the item chadash? Yes. Is the item something which keeps changing? Yes. We see that things keep changing. So we can't say that well, the way it was now is the way it always was. But that's a proof that that this is an element of a money who is making things change. And as an aside, is it changing because there's an autom- automated system which makes it change? As we explained, that we don't see that with those things which are so critical to the running of the world, we see there's no automated system. So therefore, we understand the olim chidush means the olim is being renewed, the olim is being controlled, and then we see that there's not just the, there's a creator, but there's also a manik, also someone who's running or directing that the world. This is just a philosophical argument to explain the same idea we just said. And that is something which is which is part of a system which becomes which can change. So then that's something which automatically is new. And something which isn't fixed to be the same way as always. And if that's the case, so then we see this idea that the world changes. There's a concept of Hidush in the world, it's not that there's a certain system in place which is just repeating itself always. So can we look at it from a perspective that certain things are pre-programmed and certain things aren't? Yes, there is a system which it puts in the world. But we see even the pre-programmed things tend to vary. Right, and that, and if, as, long as, as much as we see, Hashem still has to be involved. So there's no room for the argument that Hashem is kind of abandoned the world. Right. Now, we'll ask the question the other way around. So why isn't everything in that, in the sense of being unexplained and as Hashem decides? Why, is any, why does anything work with a, a regular pattern? And the answer is obvious. Without it, we wouldn't be able to function. If we had no idea when the sun is going to get up tomorrow morning, or if water will still boil, or if we can plant seeds and they'll grow, so then it's a world we can't work with. Chaos. It would be absolute chaos. If without some predictability, people wouldn't be able to use the world. And therefore, there has to be a balance. There has to be a certain amount of predictability which enables people to work with the system, which they can understand. And at the same time, a certain amount of non-predictability, which makes the possibility of the Bayre who's going to show that he's still involved and still has an effect on how the world works. The second reason for that, as we see in the Torah, is it gives Hashem the ability to to, to um, administer din, din and reward and punishment in the world in a way which doesn't destroy the natural system. Because when you're talking about the system which is predictable and keeps happening, for Hashem to interfere with that is in the category of a miracle. Hashem to interfere with that is in the category of a miracle. But uh, for those things which anyway aren't predictable, so the fact that Hashem changes them, of course, it's, it's where He can still punish and reward, but it's not seen as miraculous because it doesn't, it's not seen as breaking the system when there wasn't a system in the first place. So for example, the fact that a person has a longer life or a shorter life is definitely a reward or punishment. Is that in the category of miraculous? No. A person lives to 100, it doesn't look like it's a miracle. People can. 
a person dies at the age of 20. It's a tragedy, but it doesn't look like a miracle. People do. Whereas if Hashem would change something else in the natural order, which is not something which is uh, in the realm of the unpredictable, so then it would look like a miracle. So when it comes to weather, more rain, less rain, drought, famine, or uh, flooding, these things are punishments, like the Torah says. But it doesn't, it's not looked at as a miracle, because we don't have a system which is breaking. Whereas uh, if Hashem would change something else in the Bria, if the sun would rise in the west and set in the east, whatever it's going to be, that's absolute miracle, that's, because it's a change of the system. And therefore that same idea of the keys Hashem needs himself, it gives him the ability to administer justice in the world, without it look, being looked at as something which is completely miraculous, because it's not breaking a system. So those are two points that we saw of Hashem being a manik. Hashem being a manik means that there's still within the realm of the Bria, the option Hashem has of running the Bria in a way which he's still involved in, he can still change things, and uh, it doesn't interfere with that part of the Bria, which is a system which runs, so to speak, uh, within, the, within the rules Hashem created for it. And uh, at the same time, it's an area which can be used uh, to reward and punish, or however Hashem wants to use it, with, without it being a steer in contradiction to everything else in the Bria. The point is the world is a Kiddush. The world changes, the world isn't fixed. And, uh, and once it's changing, so then we understand there has to be the force which causes it to change, what we call it the fact that Hashem is a manic. The fact that Akadish Baruch is still controlling the world, it's not that it was, it was once created and since then has been abandoned. Okay, so that's the uh, Parakshani, the second side that the uh, brings as the second basis of the one.